Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Eric Edholm joining us now from NFL Media. Boy, NFL.com, NFL Network. He is the lead draft writer for all networks uh, involving the NFL. Eric, great to uh, great to visit with you. Man, I'm all, I always enjoy the lead-up, the build-up, and then I wait for the grades to come in from Big E. And, and they started to come in, and even though you yeah. were fairly nice about the Cowboys, Eric, I mean, geez, I'm seeing the grade today, and uh, you're kind of being a, a harsh grader. But uh, welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. Our audience has missed you. And we're yeah. uh, we're glad to have you. I've missed your audience. I've missed uh, talking to you, talking some ball, talking Baylor prospects. You know, undrafted. Guys. No, I'm kidding. I, I am more than happy to come on anytime and talk about uh, anything Baylor or non-Baylor or Cowboys or non-Cowboys related. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you. Well, I'm glad you brought up Baylor, Apuica. Uh, after last year, the Baylor kind of dominated this draft. At least that's the way I, I sold this thing. Didn't right. quite go that way this year. But Apuica used to be at LSU, comes to Baylor, spends a couple of years. At times, a dominant player, a massive player. He ends up with the Cleveland Browns. I believe it was the third round where Apu ended up now, be honest, when you saw that pick, did you think, hey, good job, Dog Pound, good job, Cleveland, good value there? What was your, what was your gut feeling as the, as the Browns took the Baylor nose tackle? Yeah, you're going to have to wait for the full Browns write-up. I think it drops on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember exactly when. But, yes, the Ica pick was uh, terrific value, I think, where they got him. And, you know, it's – you have to know what he is, and this does kind of go a little bit against what they've kind of sought uh, on that on that unit. But Jim Schwartz is there now, different kind of defensive scheme. Uh, they'll still run their odd fronts, so it was a fit position-wise. And, and, you know, the Browns' run defense had problems last year. This is arguably the – at that stage of the draft, this is about as good a solution as you could help to find there. And, and you know, somebody who could occupy blockers and take up two gaps and – you know, just stand there and, and be good enough to, to, to hold his ground. But, yeah, I mean, I I didn't see quite as many plays in the backfield as I had, you know, the year prior. I thought he was a little bit more uh, of a playmaker in the backfield in 2021. But, you know, still, you just you don't typically find guys this massive who move as well as he does, you know, limited but still good uh, at that stage of the draft typically. I know there's – people move away from those kinds of players these days you know it depends obviously the scheme but um I, I think it could could end up being a really nice pick yeah he didn't know what schwartz meant did he when he said okay you're going from a a garbage truck or a dumpster or whatever to a ferrari and i think he just went with it and and, and i don't think he exactly knew but Schwartz was saying, you know, you're going to be less of a two-gap type player. You're going to come up here. You're going to make, you know, make plays, get involved in some things. So um, I, I find I found that to be kind of interesting. Uh, yep. Eric Edholm joining us from, boy, used to be with Yahoo, now uh, with NFL Media, the belly of the beast. And, Eric, <laughs> what, was the, uh, 
what was your draft experience like? I mean, were you where do you kind of like to bunker down? You're a guy who's always kind of enjoyed being on site. Uh, from sure. time to time, you'll do things, you know, from afar. You also, that, that's based in L.A., but you're more of a Chicago guy. How did you spend this draft? Yeah, I kind of split the difference. I was actually out in Kansas City this week. Nice. And, uh, yeah, the zoo guys, so that was nice. I even drove. I mean, I, it's an eight-hour drive or seven and a half anyway, but uh, I thought, boy, it's been forever since I've been to Columbia, A, and Kansas City, B, so uh nice little uh reunion trip for me and uh great kansas city's a great town i'm sure you've you've been through there before and uh yeah the the, the fans the chief fans were certainly out in full force but i think i saw at least one of every nfl jersey i even saw a carolina panthers uh cj stroud jersey so we had all our bases covered and, uh, <laughs> you know between the the i know texas does barbecue as well as anybody but we had the Kansas City thing going on there. The, the smells were in the air. I mean, it was it was it was a good atmosphere. I think it was a, it was a, it was a fun week. Yeah, you have to meet me there for the Big Twelve tournament sometime. The Big Twelve yeah. basketball, men's and women's. That's where it is. I mean, you're you like a lot of different sports. Uh, college yep. basketball, Big Twelve kind of runs that, and yep. uh, Kansas City is where we all meet up. Okay, so keep that in the mind. I've never, uh, I've never been over to where that monument was, though. I mean, I was like, wait, where is that? Where's that background? I've never been to that pretty part of Kansas City. I guess it was close yep. to downtown. Burnt ends, I think, pretty good. I think pretty good. Okay. I, I'm not, you know, Texas barbecue. Certainly, we do brisket better and probably do ribs better. But they're really into their burnt ends. And uh, and I'm sure you got out and uh, took advantage of the stuff. Although you like a good hot dog, I mean, you're kind of you're a guy. You got a you got an interesting palate. You'll you'll try a little bit of everything. Now let me run through some of these Cowboys picks. That Maisie Smith. I mean, is that some people had that as a bit of a reach for the Cowboys? I mean, I like watching the man do all his. What do you call those things? Like the plyometrics that he was doing. It. I mean, okay. there's some. There's some interesting things he does from an athleticism standpoint. Um, I I don't know exactly how disruptive or how effective he'll be, especially early on. Um, what did you think about back-to-back Michigan picks? And which of I mean, do you do you think both of those guys? It'll take a little time. Will there be a learning curve, or do you see immediate impacts from those both those first two picks, the defensive tackle and the tight end? Yeah, I think both should play right away. I mean, I, I you know, it, it's not like there was a glaring, massive, you know, gaping hole at either spot, but I think they could use upgrades at, at both defensive tackle and tight end. So there's that. Um, and, you know, Mozzie was, was an interesting study. If you had read Bruce Feldman's uh, freaks list, you know, he goes yeah. through and lists the top 60 athletes in college football entering the season. It's a, the must read for college fans, for draft fans, for NFL people getting ready, you know, and Mozzie was number one, I believe I could be wrong. He was very high on the list and, you know, for somebody six, three, 235 pounds or whatever he is to uh, be able to do the kinds of freaky movement skills and, and, and the, the, the mass and strength that he carries. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's a, an honor right there. I think he was deserving to be in the, you know, near the top of that list anyway, but you, you can get a little bit frustrated at the, the lack of, you know, 
massive plays that he made. I thought, he, again, kind of like we were saying with Ika, maybe a, a little bit more playmaking the year before. I have to kind of measure him up and go back to my notes a little bit. But, you know, he's a good pursuit player for a guy who's that, who's that big. I mean, he's, I saw him, you know, chase down people from behind or at least be in on plays that you wouldn't normally expect that size of a guy to be in on. And, you know, I think playing on a, a, a more talented defensive line like the Cowboys have, not that Michigan was, you know, some trash unit or anything, but still, I mean, just having the kind of uh, pass rush talent with Lawrence and Parsons and, and all the rest, I mean, I think it's going to help him as well. Um, he did see, obviously, a lot of combo blocks, was in the trenches there, and, you know, did kind of get caught up in the trash at times. And I, I guess I, I felt like it was a solid pick. I don't know that I thought it was a, a mind-blowing pick in anything, but it was apparently between him and Peter Bergeron, the uh, offensive lineman there from Syracuse, which is an interesting call there. With Luke Schoonmaker, you know, he's kind of a late bloomer a little bit. Last year was sort of a coming-out party a little, and – I don't think you see a sky high ceiling, but you have a pretty darn high floor. I, you know, talking to Eric Galco, who runs the East West Shrine game, you know, when the, when the rosters were announced, I said, give me the, the three highest drafted prospects at your game. And it was Zay Flowers, the first round pick, Aiden O'Connell, yeah. who we thought would go a little higher maybe, but, um, and then Luke Schoonmaker. So, he was definitely right about the, the first, you know, the Schoonmaker and Flowers. And they, I think, were very well liked by scouts. Schoonmaker is probably your, your B-plus prospect. He doesn't necessarily have that one superpower that, that separates him and makes him a, you know, he doesn't have the freakish athleticism, but he does have very good size. I think he's a very competent blocker. And I think he's a very trustworthy receiver. I don't know that he's going to be, you know, running 25-yard seam routes or corner routes or anything you don't normally see from a tight end, but he'll run the full tight end route tree, run it effectively, good, solid hands. He'll jump in there with Ferguson and, what, Peyton Hendershot, I would think, would be the third guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a pretty good trio. So I think both are ready made to play right away, and for, for a contender, that's, that's not bad. Eric Edholm, NFL Media, joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. He's been our national draft expert for many years now. No matter really where I am, I like Eric is my guy. Uh, I like how you finish this thing. I don't think you really fired up Cowboys fans, though. Your, your summary, it's a mostly unsexy crop but a fairly respectable one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you have a, you have a a first date that you probably know isn't going to lead to marriage, but there's nothing offensive about it. You want to thank the person you're with. Hey, you know, unsexy, but respectable. I think that's a good way to say it. You know, (laughs) that's right. Boy, speak for yourself on those first dates. I came out, I came out firing early. Okay. Uh, but it was, (laughs) it was better than respectable. All right. Now, um, I, you're kind of excited about Deuce Vaughn, so we'll get to that in a second. But this sure. other guy, Fajoko, concerns me because it's kind of like, ah, oh, he's kind of squatty, he's kind of thick, but he's, boy, big, lots of, ta- you know, lots of uh, production, very productive. Of course, you always have to watch out because it's at San Jose State. I mean, it's yep. not like he was just dominating the greatest, you know, but again, as you've pointed out, he kind of got better. He kind of, as the, as each year went on, guy got better and better. Um, I mean, is this, 
to me, you're indicating that everybody after, with the exception of maybe Deuce, everybody after, well, even after the first two rounds, we don't know how immediate the help might be. And I guess it's a lot of NFL teams. But Fajoko, yeah. 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 Well, Fajoko, I think, is, is a pretty interesting player, too. And I would say that, you know, probably because of the depth they have, you know, again, there's going to be maybe a little bit of a limit to, to what you can expect or what you should expect out of him. But, um, you know, I, I thought it was a good player when I watched it. And, I mean, I thought he, you know, certainly for where do they get him in the mid-fourth round, late-fourth rounds, you know, I thought that was yeah. a good landing spot, too. Uh, you know, Ethan Richards as well. UNC had some some nice moments. A pretty good football player. Overshone, I think, is going to be a, a contributor as well. I mean, Fajoko, as you said, I mean, this is a guy who I think did improve every single year. He was a fifth-year guy, I believe, and came to school, if I'm not mistaken, as a tight end. And so, you know, somewhat new to defense. And, and uh, as he transitioned there, you just, you know, you kind of felt like this is a, a smart player, thickly built guy, but the consistent backfield production and the, uh, you know, I watched two games and I think he had three, four fumbles or so. No, three games and two, four fumbles. So, you know, again, a disruptor, somebody who's may not be darting into the backfield with, you know, incredible quickness, but um, pretty light on his feet for his size and, you know, hands on the ball and trying to, trying to dislodge it. So, I think that's uh, you know a good element to to have in your in your in your bag. Yeah, Deuce five five. I mean, he's tiny, but that's going to be fun. And the and the story is okay. really neat. His dad as a scouting director or a uh, scout for the Cowboys. That was really cool. Him to call his son. We know him because it was not too far away down the Austin area where he played. He goes to K State, and you can't help but get. Darren Sproles-type vibes, players like this, if they're to be successful, it's because they're so quick. It's because they can kind of hide behind the offensive line. You don't want to get them too much exposure. But I guess the reason he held on as long as he did is there's not great like 40 time. I think, in fact, he was like a 4-6 type guy. But but from a playmaking standpoint, um, I, 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 I feel like – uh, Eric, you were pretty excited about this pick. I was, yeah. I mean, I I was curious to see where he'd go. I thought fourth, fifth round would not have been too early, you know, given the size concerns and, you know, just the, 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 the workload expectations for a player of that build. I mean, he did a great job in college, you know, took handoffs between the tackles, you know, got caught screen passes, even caught some wheel routes and different stuff and, you know, they would they would get the ball into his hands a lot. Not realistic for him to have that vast a role in the NFL, but they have Tony Pollard. And I felt like they needed some insurance for Tony anyway, given the injury and Zeke's gone and, you know, the whole thing. I mean, just sort of felt like a, a, a natural that they would add some kind of running back in the draft. I didn't immediately think of, of Vaughn, although I did know of the connection of, of Chris, his dad, as you mentioned, and Gave us the feel-good moment for uh, for the weekend. That was awesome. Uh, texted with Chris briefly afterwards and said, you know, just I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did watching. And he seemed to be pretty over the moon about the whole thing. But they got a really good football player for a really good value. And that's, you know, that's important. And I think if you picture him in a 8-12 to touch role, you know, behind Tony and 
schemed up touches, but also some third down opportunities when things break down, you know, good outlet options. Somebody who's a smart receiver catches the ball. Well, naturally uh, tough as heck for the, for the size package he is. I mean, he took some big hits in college and, and just kept going. And if you think kind of like Tariq Cohen a couple of years ago with the, with the Chicago bears who carved out a nice role before he had some real mm-hmm. knee trouble, Mm-hmm. That's the kind of player I think they're getting, and I hope it works out because he's one of my favorite players to scout and watch. And uh, the several years that I've seen him now, I mean he's he's been he's been a terrific college player, and I think he'll be a very nice uh, pro as well. All right, in the uh, the fact that you did give the Eagles an A is uh, is very concerning to me. Uh, you <laughs> love apparently you love that draft, and you just feel like. Now, it, it became comical, their love of Georgia players. They already had a couple from last year's draft. They go two more Georgia players in the first round, and then they go uh, another Georgia player, the cornerback, in the fourth round. What was the biggest reason you like this Eagles draft so much? Well, they had a lot of ammunition, first of all, and I don't think they missed on a lot of those shots. I mean, you know, the – the grading system is a little unfair and I am kind of working with the parameters that we'd kind of worked out before, which is look, we're, we're judging the picks. So the Miami dolphins with four picks are going to be at a disadvantage to begin with. Right. And teams that had more ammunition, more high selections are naturally going to get some of the higher grades uh, unless they made really curious decisions, you know? So they were obviously in a pole position to start with anyway. So Obviously, I think the Carter pick is going to determine whether this is a A draft or a B minus draft. I mean, if he's a yeah. if he's a total flop, you know, you could obviously hold it very much against them. But if there's an environment in which he can succeed with now five college teammates on his on the roster, uh, you know, guys that he looked up to like the Kobe Dean and uh, you know Jordan Davis. And, Obviously, the, the two uh, teammates this year, Nolan Smith, very inspirational locker room guy. I think he's got, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and I think we'll, we'll win with effort and things like that. you got Fletcher Cox, maybe the last year of his, of his Eagles career. You know, they've already lost uh, the, the 1D tackle out to, to, to the 49ers. There's a role for him. There's expectations very high, a team that's had success. Um you know, the, the, the situation couldn't be more perfect for him to thrive. So that kind of helped it, too. They made their own bed, and it's a good bed to be in. So, you know, th- those two picks were, were smart, thought good value at both. Although Smith I'm not quite as enamored with as some people are. Um, and Keely Ringo trading the 2024 pick to get him. I get why they did it. They can, they can afford to do it with all the extra ammunition, but – Still got to figure out what position he plays. He's sort of a safety body, shaky coverage skills at times. Gave up a lot of passes to Ohio State, you know, in the in the uh, semifinal game. Had a lot of rough reps this past season. But, boy, is he a gifted athlete. And you, you have a lot to work with with him. All right. And uh, Big 12 did pretty well, by the way. First round, 60% of Big 12 teams landed a player. We've seen them do a lot worse than that. And uh, the Horn Frogs, I got to point that out. They, the Rams were were in love with former Horn Frogs players, even guys that ended up at different places. And then the Chargers, for some reason, the Rams and Chargers 
both took a lot of TCU players. But uh, I think that speaks to the, the, the talent that Gary Patterson brought in back in the day and, of course, the way it's been developed recently. But uh, I, I thought it was an overall a little bit better, even though Baylor was not as big as they were last year. Overall, the Big 12 was very respectable. Yeah, obviously TCU had, had a brilliant year. You know, you can you can make whatever jokes you want about the, the finals. I mean, they, they had a tremendous season, and it was it was great to see them have the success they did. And, and you're right about the Chargers. You know, obviously Quentin Johnson, Darius Davis, um, and then uh, the late, late pick of Max as well. And that's kind of the athletic guy that they've, you know, Easton Stick and, and uh, you know, uh, Chase Daniel and guys like that. So he fits what they've looked for in their backup quarterbacks. And uh, Steve Avila could start right away for the Rams. So, yeah, I mean, I was just for TCU by itself, I thought, you know, had a really successful weekend. D winners landed in a good spot in San Francisco. So, but yeah, the Big 12 in general, and they even – there were even some who slipped through the cracks, like Anthony Johnson from Iowa State. I thought would go a round or two higher than he did, maybe even more than that. I was a little shocked he slipped as long as he did. And uh, Xavier Hutchinson, same thing. I thought you know slid a little farther than I expected, but you know it's it's definitely about uh, some of the higher picks. And, and it was a good weekend for the conference. That's you know obviously taken taken its uh, its lumps over the years as conference realignment and the. the college world has changed but um you're always happy i'm a, I'm a big 12 guy at heart you know when i was at mizzou that's where we were we were big eighth and big 12 so it was, it was nice to see the conference do well all right there's a mizzou guy that ranks high in the big 12 right now who is like the final class as they're going to the big 12 named clark williams he's high up in the big 12 now he's a fellow mizzou graduate and then just to uh, put these names on your radar by the way Eric, for next year, Gabe Hall, who has been yep. on the freaks list, he might be a guy to keep an eye on this year from Baylor. And then T.J. Franklin uh, from Temple, Texas, big-time uh, player who I think is about to have an enormous year. So, you know, I always like to tip you off on a few of these Baylor players sure. to, to get you off and running, all right? That helps me. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I, I... I, I make my list sometime in, in May, maybe early June, where I start, you know, and I already know the first sort of 15, 30 guys I'm going to look at, you know, the big names like the Caleb Williams and the Drake Mays. But, hey, these are the, these are the picks that I got to, you know, got to fill in the rest with. And, and there, there are quite a few players. So we, we, time's a waste, and we only got, what, 358 days till the next draft. So got to get going on it. All right, yes, you and I start watching the film, and we'll get this thing ready. And, uh, Eric, great to visit with you. Get a little rest, and then we'll do it again. Yeah. Looking forward to it, my man. See you soon. You bet. Eric Edholm, uh with NFL Media. Uh, you see his work up on NFL.com, and he is the lead draft writer for the NFL. And uh, very, very does a great job and is uh, coveted. His work is uh, considered some of the best across the NFL. So fun to get to visit with him.